Don't you like the idea of a do-over? Man, we've talked about it before, and you know, you think about the, the kids whenever we're growing up, and maybe, um, maybe this is similar in, in the way that you do in your backyard playing with friends or out in the front playing with friends or somewhere else, and, and you get to yell do-over whenever you make a mistake or something like that. I love the idea of a do-over, and this concept of his mercy is new every single day, 365 days a year, it's a do-over. What a, great, what a great thought process as we look into 2023. I mean, here we are. Happy New Year. It's new beginnings, new starts, welcome changes, on and on and on. I mean, how many things did we see people saying on social media overnight last night and this morning and throughout the day today about what today holds for each and every one of us? And it's nice. It feels really good, and it's like, oh, man, some of you are sitting here going, Whoo, praise God, 2022 is over, and I'm looking forward to 2023. Some of you are looking at 2022 going, man, it was a great year. I loved this last year, and I hope this next year is half the year this last year was. You know, there's lots of different thought processes going on in each of us, and here we are in the month of January. Now, I don't know. I learned something this last week, uh, or actually two weeks ago, whenever I was uh, getting ready for tonight, and I was thinking about, uh, well, uh, January, this month of January, did you know that January gets its name from a Roman god named Janus? Not Janus from Friends, all of you who love Friends, not, oh my God, Janus, that one, not that one, but Janus, J-A-N-U-S, and, uh, and, and it's this, this is what Janus looks like, by the way. It's Janus, two-headed monster, Janus. Anyway, Janus, this Roman god, One's looking to the full, one's looking ahead, one's looking behind. And that's the idea of January, is that this is that time where we look back on this last year, we look forward into the year to come, and we let God kind of sort out where we are. And so um, here we are, looking back on 2022. Ready for it? Political turmoil, oppression, disease, and war. They have been challenging, uh, to say the least, in our world uh, in very different ways, impacting everybody in dramatically different ways. We also have to be reminded that God never said that we wouldn't be with no challenge. God never said when we trust in Him, the challenges are over. In fact, quite differently, God said when we face challenges, His promise is to be with us through them, to see us through to the other side, to where when we look back, if we will take a moment and ask God where God was in those challenges, the Lord is always faithful to show us, to show us where he was in the middle of the challenges, how God was, was carrying us, how God was, was, was preventing some things from happening while other things were happening, and the Lord is able to show us where he is in those moments, how God kept his promise that he would see us through to the other side. Here it is for tonight. God's faithfulness in the past reminds us we can trust him for the challenges of the future. If you get nothing else, this is the phrase tonight. This is it. God's faithfulness in the past remind us that we can trust him for the challenges of the future. We know challenges are coming this year. We know that, yeah, we would love for 2023 to be the easiest year that we've lived yet. That'd be great. But we also have lived long enough on this earth that we recognize that we know challenges are coming. That's why it's so important on a night like tonight that we remember the faithfulness of God and how God has brought us through. And here we are, 
We're alive. We're here. We're standing. I mean, how many of you should be dead right now? Exactly, right? I mean, you, you know your life. You know what you've done. You should be dead today. You should, there's no reason for you to be alive right now. But by the grace of God, you're here. You made it to 2023. It's amazing, right? It's wonderful. Absolutely. It's so, so good. You know, the things that we do as humans to remember the past, we build memorials, don't we? We build memorials, and we, we make them really nice, and we, we, we remember the past, and we remember the stories by building these memorials to commemorate events. There's a Hiroshima Peace Memorial that's a reminder of the horrors of war and the price of peace. There's this only, this, this structure, there's only one structure that survived the atomic bomb that was dropped in 1945. And it's now in the Hiroshima Prefectural Industrial Promotion Hall. That's a lot of words going on there. But bottom line is there's a memorial there to remind us the horrifying nature of war, the price of peace on this earth. In D.C., tons of memorials. Tons of memorials helping us understand and see and peer into the history of America. We know where we've come. We see why. And each of them come with stories, tons of stories that tell what the meaning is of the memorial that is there. You know, it's not that we as humans are just that creative that we think of these things on our own. There's a reason why humanity gravitates to making memorials to commemorate the past. The reason we get it from our text today and to why we do these things as a people. Joshua chapter 4 is where we're going to be this evening. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 24. This, this covers the time when God's people entered into the promised land and what they did upon entry. Let's just read the story together. I figure that's the best way for us to do it tonight. Joshua 4, verse 1. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men one from each tribe, tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. You remember this story? Maybe maybe you're confusing this one. This story is not the story when God delivered the Israelites from Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea on dry land. This is the second time that God dried the river or the sea for the people of God to walk across and enter into the land that God had for them. Joshua calls them together. Each um, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. I'm sorry, my bad, I got ahead of me here. Take 12 stones from the place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. Verse 4, so Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Now, this is a little bit bigger stone than what we are all carrying tonight. Everybody got your stone? Everybody got it? We're going to do something with this in just a little while, okay? A little bit bigger than this because he had them on their shoulders, So they're building a memorial, okay? This is coming up. Here we go. 
Pick up one stone, carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. And these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the men, of, the men did as Joshua had commanded him, and they took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They then carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan. Now, anybody been down to Barton Springs? And you can see where Barton Springs kind of pours out down, not, not the paid area, but the free area where all the dogs are, you know what I'm talking about? You ever tried to pile those stones in the middle of the river there? You ever seen anybody else doing like an art project of piling stones in the middle of the river? It's kind of hard to do. Big old stones that Joshua was using, and these things were going to be there for a long time to be seen by everybody and be told the story. So, meanwhile, the people hurried across the riverbed, verse 11, and when everyone was safely on the other side, the priests then crossed over with the ark of the Lord as the people watched. The armed warriors from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh led the Israelites across the Jordan, just as Moses had directed. These armed men, about 40,000 strong, were ready for battle. And the Lord was with them as they crossed over into the plains of Jericho. That day, the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. And for the rest of his life, they revered him as much as they had ever, or as much as they had revered Moses. And the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant to come up out of the riverbed. So Joshua gave the command. As soon as the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came up out of the riverbed and their feet were on high ground, the water of the Jordan returned and overflowed its banks as before. The people crossed the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. Then they camped at Gilgal, just east of Jericho. And it was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. And Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future, your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea, when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. See, we need memorials. We need reminders to remember the faithfulness of God because we forget too easily, don't we? We forget so easily and all of a sudden we start getting worried, wondering if God's gonna come through, if God truly is faithful, if we really can trust God. We even start wondering what the heck is trust and truth and all those kinds of things and have to get reminded of this stuff. We, we need these things so badly to remind us of God's mighty act of salvation. And it's not possible for us to go and to look at the River Jordan and see these stones that are set up there. But we do have two. We do have two signs to remind us of the salvation that we receive from God. The first one is the Lord's Supper. The second one is baptism. 
These are two ordinances of the church that remind us every single time that we do these things, what Jesus did for us and how God changed our lives. An outward expression of an inward change that takes place in our lives. And when it happens, we tell the stories. We tell the story of our salvation. We tell the story of the person who's being baptized salvation. We tell the story of Jesus on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection each time we partake of the elements. These are reminders. These are memorials for us that we have in the 21st century that aren't rocks that are piled up, but each and every time we do these, they help us to remember God's great acts of salvation, and we get to tell our kids. We get to tell the story, and we get to tell other people what God has done in our lives. Matthew Henry explains the benefits of remembering God's mercy towards us this way. He says, it greatly magnifies later mercies to compare them with former mercies. For by making the comparison, it appears that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Later mercies should bring to remembrance former mercies and revive our thankfulness for them. Now, this last week, I was reading in one of my Bible plans, uh, I was doing, uh, our family was doing together, and it, it reminded me, there was this phrase, maybe you remember this phrase, in the, in the story of Christ. We talked about it last week, and then we've read about it um, whenever the angels told Mary that she was going to be pregnant, and then they prophesied what was going to happen in her life, who Jesus was going to be, and how Mary, in that moment, some translations say treasured, other translations say pondered, other translations say stored up these things in her heart. Then you fast forward to after Jesus was born, and then Jesus is brought to the temple. Simeon is there. Simeon gets a chance to, to, to see this promised child, the Messiah, and was able to then die in peace as a result of that. Before he died, though, he told Mary and Joseph about how Jesus would cause the rise and fall of many people on this earth and that it would pierce Mary's heart. It was said in that moment that Mary treasured or stored up or pondered these things in her heart. See, Mary was wise beyond her years. It was really important for Mary to take these truths that she was gaining and gleaning from the Lord, the promises of faithfulness that she had seen, and as God was making these deposits into her trust bank of his faithfulness, she stored them up, she collected them, because I promise, as Jesus is hanging on the cross, Mary had to use every single resource and reminder that she had that God is faithful and God would indeed cause resurrection for her son. It's because of the faithfulness of God that Mary was able to survive, was able to remain steadfast in her love of God when the most horrific reality was happening to her son. And she had treasured, she had pondered, she had stored up God's promises. She had stored up the truth of God for such a time as this to help her in her moment of despair, in her darkest days, be able to trust that God will see her through to the other side. This is that idea. This is that idea. You, you may remember the old hymn where we sing the words, Here I raise my Ebenezer. 
That's what this is. This is an Ebenezer stone. This is a reminder of the faithfulness of God in our lives. And we construct a memorial. We remember the faithfulness because, I promise, in the future, we're going to need to remember the faithfulness so that we can survive and even thrive in our darkest of moments. God makes continual deposits, everybody, in our trust banks. And it's important that we treasure them. It's important that we store them up for the challenges of the future. Now, of course, in addition to the ordinances that we have, in addition to Lord's Supper, in addition to baptism, it's important that we as individuals, we also are treasuring. We're storing up. We're, we're allowing God to make these deposits, and we're taking the moments in God's faithfulness to remember what God is doing so that we're able to pull on that in the future. And so it's important that we do this. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. We've got these. Yeah, we're not, we're, this isn't a moment where we're walking across a riverbed and this amazing, phenomenal miracle that we're seeing in front of our eyes before us as a people. But I promise there are just as miraculous stories all throughout this congregation, all throughout those that are watching online, just as miraculous of how God has been present in our lives this last year. And so here's the question for each of us in this room tonight. Where has God been faithful this past year in your life? Now, I know that there is a, a flood of ways that God's been faithful. All we're looking for tonight is one. And so what I want to encourage us to do for just a moment is we're going to ponder. We're going to reflect. We're going to treasure. We're going to take note of God's faithfulness so that we can pull on this in 2023. And so if everybody in the room, if you would just take a moment, just close your eyes for just a second. Just think through this last year, and if you would just take time and ask God, where were you? Where were you faithful this last year? And sit and listen for just a moment. Lord may be painting a picture in your mind right now. You may be hearing the voice of God in your head. It may just be silent right now. Where has God been faithful? Lord, would you just illuminate in our minds your faithfulness? If you would just take a moment and take that thought and imagine that thought traveling from your mind to the middle of your head, down your throat, into your esophagus, right into your heart. Let's just store God's faithfulness in our hearts together. All right, you can open your eyes. When you arrive tonight, you all got a stone. We had them a while ago. Um, in just a few moments, we're going to sing together, and we're going to respond. And so what I, what I was hoping we could do tonight is you take that moment, whatever it was that got illuminated in your mind, whether it was a picture you painted, whether it was a word, whether it was a phrase, whether it was a situation, whatever the case may be, and just in your own mind, just think of a phrase, think of a word, think of whatever would be meaningful to help you remember what God brought to your mind. 
And as the band is playing in just a few moments, I'd like to invite you. I hope you'll consider walking forward, walking towards God. There's Sharpies all across the front of this stage. They're everywhere across the front of this stage. Just walk forward, take your stone, take a Sharpie, and just write that phrase. Take a moment and thank the Lord for his faithfulness. And then when you go home this evening, just take that rock and place it somewhere in your home that when you face challenges this next year, it'll be looking at you. And you're reminded that God will see you through. And so as we've looked back this evening and we look forward to how God will work in our lives. I'm not sure what your future looks like tonight. I don't know if this next year you're looking at it with great hope and anticipation or whether you're looking at this next year and you're scared to death about what this next year may hold. Here's what we know to be true. God is our firm foundation. We sang it. He is the rock on which we stand. We can trust God's faithfulness whether the future is exciting or frightening, remember, God's faithfulness in the past reminds us that we can trust him for the challenges of the future. This is the thing. And we're going to need to pull on this. We can trust God. We can trust God's love for us, whatever challenges we face this year. I'm going to pray. And as I finish praying, our band's going to start playing. And as our band starts playing, you just come. And we're going to respond together, write that phrase, write that word, write whatever it is, and then just look at it and go, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And let's trust God together this year. Father, we love you. And Lord, I know you're still working out a scenario in multiple people's minds right now in this room. As people are looking to see where you were in their lives this last year. Lord, there's others that, man, it came so quickly it was lightning fast where you were this last year. Lord, I pray that you will guide the thought process tonight. And Lord, help us as we create this memorial where we remember your faithfulness so that we know that we know that we know we can trust you with our lives, that Lord, you are the firm foundation. Lord, you are the truth. You are what everything is measured by on this earth. And I pray, Lord, that we will find ourselves standing firm, standing strong. And Lord, while these Ebenezer stones are all over Central Texas, all over the Hutto, Round Rock, Pflugerville, Taylor, Thrall area. Lord, that there would be story after story after story of your faithfulness. And as people enter into our homes or they enter into wherever it is that we have these to remind us, that Lord, we tell the story of why the names are on these stones, why the the situation is on these stones. Why the story is what it is on these to remind us that we can trust you. That you will see us through. And Lord, the joy that is set before us, we can endure anything and everything that the enemy longs to bring our way. 
And so, Lord, will you guide us as we respond to you tonight, as we move towards you, will you pull us in close? And Lord, will you guide us in the way that we should go this year? Father, we love you. We are so grateful for you and we do trust you. Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. Lord, we trust you, help our humanity. Lord, you are strong, help our weakness. Lord, may we not trust in our own way, but may we trust in your way. We love you, Lord, and we pray this through the saving name of Jesus. Amen.